this week on Millennial. No, let's not actually add that to the copy, please. My mom uh, looks at our social media. Oh, she does. Yeah, she always likes the posts, and that makes my heart happy. It's very cute. <laughs> sure, I'm going to get an email. Andrew, can I have one of these water bottles? Aww. Yeah, if you become a patron, mom. Do you really Aww, want your mom to be a patron? You don't want your mom to be a patron. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's she's going to have access oh, to shit. so many After Dark episodes. Excellent point. I just got a visual of you, Andrew, like turning on your faucet and just hearing this like (sighs) come out of it and just dust comes out. And Andrew's like, oh, no, the second. No, no, no. The second I turn on the faucet and no water comes out, I am booking it out of here. Where are you going to move? Your dreams of being in a desert are going to be squashed. By that time, like half of the country will be a desert. So I can just pick another place that's maybe closer (laughs) to the East Coast. I'm usually kind of wary of the advice I might find online. Like you probably get like, it's probably one of those info.com articles. That's like 10 tips you can use to be a good boyfriend with pictures. They always say with pictures at the end. (laughs) Welcome to millennial 747. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. So Laura, I thought of you very quickly this week when I saw this story Hillary Clinton is sharing her 2016 victory speech for the first time, the one that she had written in preparation for winning in 2016, on Masterclass. Did you hear about this? Are you going to watch this? I did hear about it. And to be honest with you, I still have not watched her concession speech from 2016. Oh, my gosh. So I don't know if I would be ready for this. I mean, it's just a reminder of the night democracy started dying. (laughs) Yeah. So we were together the night democracy started dying. And -hmm. of course, Hillary made her concession the next day, I believe. Yes. Where were you then? Because we were staying in a hotel that night. Did you leave the room when she made her concession? Because I feel like I watched it live. Yeah. So I wasn't there. I actually went to meet up with my college roommate. um, And it just happened to conveniently be happening when y'all were watching that. So I was like, oh, perfect. Uh, Julia and I are going to go get coffee and just not uh, participate in this because I'd been up all night crying the night before. I didn't I didn't need any more of that. I was like, did Laura run to the bathroom for this? Did she just leave the hotel room? Like, what? (laughs) what happened? Well, Laura, I have a surprise for you. You do. I'm going to play Hillary's full concession speech right now. Are you ready? Here we go. That's all. I wasn't actually going to play it for you, but I I wanted to terrify you for a second. Yeah, I was terrified for a second. I actually have a trial to masterclass, and I think I'm going to watch this from Hillary. It's so she teaches the power of resilience. And so it's in this course that she teaches or that she shares her victory speech for the first time. And I think she tears up, actually. I saw a clip on social media. So, you know, I kind of admire her for reading the speech on video. I'm sure it's very hard for her to do. Yeah. And I'm sure that I'm sure that took a lot of courage. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's a level of resolve that I have not quite achieved in my own personal life, but I'm happy for her. Happy for you, Andrew. Did you learn anything or do you anticipate learning anything from her victory slash not victory speech would have been victory speech? Well, I haven't actually watched it yet. I just saw like a very brief clip of her like tearing up, reading it back. Mm. But um, I hope to be inspired by it for sure. If she's teaching about if she's teaching resiliency, I think that's an important lesson for all of us to learn. So and the power of it. 
Um, well, speaking of something that um, might be leaving some people terrified as well, uh, we all know that allegedly student loans are about to go into repayment uh, after January 31st of 2022. However, I have a prediction. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to get delayed again. I'm not saying they're canceling student debt, but I feel like we're quickly approaching the point where it just does not make political sense for Democrats to take away this benefit that people have been enjoying for the last couple of years, especially because 2022 is the midterms. So I don't think it's going to happen. I think in the weeks ahead, we're going to find out that the delay is being pushed one more time. Jen Psaki, um, the White House press secretary, was actually kind of cagey about this when asked about it the other day. She gave sort of a very generic, we're evaluating all options and we'll be um, communicating this in the weeks ahead. So I think that based on her kind of cagey response to that, it wasn't super definitive. There was no strong statement about you're going to be repaying your student loans this coming February, kind of like what Biden did the last time they extended it when he was very firmly like, this is the last time. Right. I was going to say that. I thought I remembered that. She could have done that, but she didn't. And that leads me to believe that they are at the very least considering extending the pause at least one more time. And I just don't think it makes political sense in a midterm year, especially a year like 2022, when Democrats are already looking kind of shaky going into this election. It just doesn't make sense. So if I'm wrong, Andrew, you can play this audio back in a couple months and... uh I'll be crying. Somebody remind me <laughs> as you make your payments. Yeah, yeah. I'll be crying but. as I make my payments and as you play that audio back. I think that Laura makes some very good points. And also, you know, when people have extra money to spend because not everybody is continuing to pay, then they're spending that money on other stuff. And I think that that also behooves the country to, you know, and lawmakers to take into account. Uh, a lot of businesses lost out over the course of the last two years, and hopefully with boosters being administered, um, you know, the country will start to open back up. It makes sense to make sure that people have a little extra money in their pockets to to help, you know, the economy. Well reasoned. All right. Yeah. You know, January 2021 started out really poorly. So how about we try to do something to make January 2022 start out? Okay. How about that, Joe? You listening? Well, here is some good news. I'm very excited to share this. Uh, Some of you may have noticed that we have yet to reveal our 2021 Bay physical gift. This is a gift for Bay Level patrons. It's one of the benefits of being a Bay patron at patreon.com slash millennial. We have been working on a gift for almost the whole year, but there have been production and staffing delays that have caused some major delays in uh, getting this put together. And it's been really frustrating for me because I feel like we've been doing everything we could to get this moving and we just keep getting held up by uh, certain people. Well, we decided, I decided, let's go work with somebody else because I can't, these people are killing me. We moved to somebody else who have been really great to work with this year on another 
uh, project. And we are now ready to announce the 2021 physical gift. These are going to be going out next year, but very early next year. And of course, Bayes will be getting a second gift later in the year. That way we're all caught up. So this year's Bay patron gift is, drumroll please, a 20-ounce double-insulated custom water bottle. It has our latest millennial artwork on it, the one of all three of us hanging out around a table recording the podcast. It's got lots of Easter eggs uh, concerning the show on it. There's also a tagline that reads, in case of dumpster fire, pour out. You must order yours before December 31st of this year. We're making this an opt-in process because these bottles were very expensive and we don't want to ship any water bottles to addresses that are no longer uh, accessible to our patrons. So there's going to be a order form going up momentarily on our Patreon for Bays. If you're not a Bay Level patron and you want to get in on this gift, you can become a Bay Level patron and still receive this gift. You must become a bay by December 31st and then and fill out that form and then we will send your water bottle in April. 20 ounces baby, double insulated. It's going to keep your cold drinks cold for 24 hours, your hot drinks hot for 12 hours. So this is a very useful gift. Of course, we love uh reducing our uh dependence on single-use plastics. So that's why we wanted to do something like this as well. Yeah, I just love the way these look too. I mean, we were looking at you know, a similar design from somewhere else. And it just didn't pass the sniff test for any of us. We all looked at it and we were like, this looks shitty. (laughs) And we, and we were like, we don't, we don't want to send shitty stuff to the people who support us. So we're going back to the drawing board and we found a vendor who could actually do the thing. So I'm really happy with them. And uh, we wanted to spend a little more on this to uh, give people a nice sized water bottle. We d- we didn't want it to be something you just take two sips from and then yeah. you're done with. So we were excited about offering a 20 ounce one as well. So thanks, everybody, for your support. And we hope you enjoy these gifts when they go out. And of course, once we get ours, we'll post some pics on social media. Uh, but the mock up will be on social media within the next day or so if you want to check them out for yourself. I just want to point out Catherine in the Discord responding to an image that you shared in there, Andrew, said, we love length and girth. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You've got you heard it here. This year's physical gift is lengthy and girthy. (laughs) With a lid so you can cap it if it's bothering you too much. Let's let's add that to our social media copy for this water bottle now. We love length and girth. No, let's not actually add that to the copy, please. My mom uh, looks at our social media. Oh, she does. She does. She's very sweet. She uh, she interacts with it pretty frequently. So. Yeah, she, she always likes the posts, and that makes my heart happy. It's very Aww, cute. Yeah, she wants to support us, of course. I'm sure I'm going to get an email. Andrew, can I have one of these water bottles? Aww. Yeah, if you become a patron, mom. Do you really Aww. want your mom to be a patron? Come on. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm you kidding. don't want your mom to yeah, be a patron. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's access true. To so many oh, after shit. dark episodes. Excellent, excellent point. Okay, I'll just send her one. <laughs> I'll give her mine. <laughs> so, y'all, I'm not joking. Uh, as part of the copy I wrote for this next ad, the first line reads: "Before we get into the meat of the episode." <laughs> and I'm like, I have to, I should change that out. They probably would appreciate that. So I'll just say, uh, you know, before we get into our main topics this week, I want to talk about how Waze leave-in conditioner is literally saving my hair this winter. I 
legit had someone in a live stream for a different show comment the other day on how shiny my hair is. And I seriously owe it all to Way. That's O-U-A-I. Don't let the cold weather leave your locks dry and brittle. The leave-in conditioner from Way is your hydration hero this winter. It conditions, detangles, and leaves hair smooth, shiny, and manageable. I'm already pretty tough on my hair anyway because I bleach it a lot to get these vibrant fashion colors to take hold, so it's really important for me to use hair products that are nourishing and protective of my color. I can always count on whey products to leave my hair feeling clean, soft, and smelling amazing. For protection from heat, dryness, and frizz, the way to healthier hair is Way's best-selling leave-in conditioner. Say goodbye to frizz, tangles, flyaways, and breakage for all hair types. And for anyone who loves their flat iron or blow dryer, it protects hair from heat up to 450 degrees. Discover a new way of life with cruelty, sulfate, and paraben-free hair care, body, and fragrance products from Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and use code M-I-L-L to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at theway.com. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and enter code M-I-L-L. As I was looking for stories for this episode, I came across a headline uh, talking about, you know, whether or not Dialogue in movies is getting increasingly harder to understand. And I was like, yes, finally, somebody who understands my struggle because I have never felt older than I have the last, you know, I would say about year or so when I've seriously, you know, been questioning whether or not my new use of turning on subtitles is making me more hard of hearing than I was before. But apparently, uh, nothing to fear if you two have felt like you can't understand every single bit of dialogue when you turn on a movie at home, Mm -hmm. because or even in the theater, because apparently there's actually like a reason why this is happening. And there are a couple of reasons. So you have Slash Film to thank for this, because they took a deep dive into why sound quality is going down. The article is actually pretty long, and I would highly recommend checking it out if you have some time to spare. They lay out quite a number of reasons as to why dialogue is becoming more inaudible in movies these days, Uh, but I just pulled a few that I thought were especially interesting and would be intriguing for all of us here and then all of you listening at home. Uh, So the first reason that they jotted down is that sometimes it's actually a purposeful choice by the director or even the actor. In terms of acting, they talked about how it's becoming more and more trendy for actors to mumble or say lines under their breath. So it's definitely either a direction choice or something that they feel like is going to make their performance more interesting. But then on the director front, they also pointed to directors like Christopher Nolan as a prime example of somebody that is really uh, kind of pioneering this new way that sound is being captured on film. Um, Nolan specifically likes to chase authentic sound, but that comes at a bit of a price. Uh, so if you see like a character, like say in The Dark Knight, Bane wears the mask, he would rather keep that dialogue muffled because he feels like it adds to the authentic viewing experience for you to not quite be able to hear every line um, he speaks because like if he was in front of you, you might not be able to hear it given the mask. 
Um, they also listed out things like bad set conditions. Uh, so visuals taking precedence over sound because we're so used to these big blockbuster movies giving us special effects. So a lot of times the budget goes to that and the sound team isn't given enough resources or money to make sure they're capturing the best take possible. And then it's up to somebody in a studio to try and mix it the best they can with what the sound engineers on site were able to capture. And then... Can oh, I on. jump in here on yeah. this point? I think Slash Film also mentioned that sometimes they want to do like these really wide shots. So the camera is very far away from the actor. And when that's the case, you can't put a mic right over their head because otherwise you would see that in a wide shot. Yes, That was very interesting to me. Yeah, actually, when I was reading this, I was thinking about you a lot because, you know, I think everybody that listens to any show you've ever done will know that you really prioritize the sound quality. And it's mm-hmm. very interesting to me that like Hollywood would not prioritize sound quality. You know, you would think everything takes equal priority. Like, okay, the visuals, of course, big priority, but also the sound is equally important. How how is that not yeah. the standard? I thought that was super interesting. Right, we're not like in you know like like pre talky era Hollywood where there was no dialogue at all. Like you're, <laughs> right. and if a movie is being written, it's kind of like a slap in the face also to the. The scriptwriter, right? Because, you know, they, they probably put that dialogue in for a reason. And now it's not even being, you know, showcased in the best way possible. Uh, the last point that I actually pulled out is was a huge kicker for me, but it makes sense. Uh, they also said that mixing for streaming means audiophiles get compressed, resulting in lower quality of sound, uh, which, you know, again, is kind of one of those things where like you read it and you go, well, that makes sense because they talk about that in music too. Like vinyl sounds different from an MP3 file because the audio has to be compressed. So a lot of times like you lose the quality of audio in a record when it does get compressed. Uh, but here's another point in like a sub point to this. Uh, there's actually no industry standard for streaming and different streamers require sound to be mixed differently. So something on Netflix might prioritize dialogue and kind of like mixing to match dialogue. But then somewhere like Hulu might say, well, we just want you to take like the average of like the entire sound spectrum of the movie and kind of like match it to what like the average highest sound is or the average lowest sound. Yeah. And then you have issues where like everybody's got a different setup in their house. Some people have more echoey rooms. Some people just have worse speakers. You know, some of these TVs, these flat, these flat screen TVs, they put the speakers built into the television on the backside of the TV. So the sound bounces off the wall that it's mounted on or that it's in front of. And so there's so many different factors that could potentially cause some issues. But another item in this list, Pam, that I saw, and I read this too, so I was excited that you wanted to talk about it. They blame familiarity slash passive listening, meaning that editors and directors, of course, they write and then they watch the scenes over and over and over and over again. So they know it all very well. So they're not listening with a critical ear anymore because they know what to expect in each scene dialogue wise. But then to someone who hasn't seen the film before or the TV show, they're listening with a different ear for the first time. They don't know what to expect like a director or an editor would. And this one actually resonated with me because Like Pam mentioned, I take a lot of care when editing uh, the podcast and there will be times when like I start an episode or um, I'm editing a particular area where there's a lot of crosstalk. And in the moment, I'm like, okay, 
this sounds good. I can move on. But then I revisit it later and I'm like, what was I thinking 30 minutes ago? I don't like what I did 30 minutes ago. So it's like the reason this resonated with me is because when you listen to it at different time, you actually have a different opinion and then you get kind of stressed out and then I try to do it again. Um, So I thought that was super interesting as well, how just simply listening once or maybe too many times can also cause a problem. I've also got, I mean, it's been a while since I edited audio, but I've gone back after, you know, exporting the file to even iTunes. Um, It's very important also when you do this, like if you're editing audio for yourself to make sure that you listen through to the final edited track on something like iTunes or wherever you're sending it to after, because the compression can sometimes change the audio levels. Um, You can see this like in music too. So if you're like a, you know, like a composer or something, like maybe you thought that the vocal track matched the guitar, but like one is louder than the other. Um, Same thing with podcasting, you know, like sometimes you think that, that your levels are all matched with each host, but one person comes out louder than the other after the file's been compressed. So... Yeah, it does seem like a huge oversight for sure. I just wanted to know like if anybody else also kind of related to this point of feeling like dialogue has has been a little bit harder to understand when you're watching at home or even sometimes at the movie theater itself. All the time. Yeah, so I feel really seen by this conversation because we watch everything with subtitles on. Everything. And I was starting to feel like, am I just getting old? Like, are are the you, youths talking too fast for me? <laughs> you use subtitles for everything because you have such a hard time? Well, it's not just because I have such a hard time. It's like there are things here and there that I feel like you end up missing as a result of some of these other, you know, causes that you all addressed earlier. And I then feel like, oh, well, maybe I missed something vital or important in that moment. And it just makes it easier for me to keep track of what's going on. This is something I actually got into because of Mark, because he uses subtitles for everything. And then when I started using subtitles for everything because of him, I found that it improved my viewing experience at home. And then sometimes when I'm at the movies, I feel like I will miss a quick aside Um, especially in Marvel movies where like everything is every line of dialogue is very um, intentional. I'm thinking about this because we're going to see Spider-Man this Thursday. Um, And sometimes it can be really frustrating to feel like maybe I missed something important. Maybe I missed a clue about something that's yet to come. So I really like subtitles personally. I don't. (laughs) I don't love having subtitles on if I feel like I don't need them. It's interesting that you guys watch everything with subtitles on. I totally get that. But Pat also hates subtitles when they're on. If they're even accidentally on, he's wanting them to be quickly turned off. So I'm not going to be able to get away with that if we're watching something together. I know a lot of people feel that way. Um, It doesn't bother me because I, 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 I like to watch like a lot of times I'll be looking through Netflix and uh, it looks like there's a movie that was, you know, done in some English speaking country, and then you make the trailer bigger. And it turns out that it's been dubbed over, I would prefer to like, because sometimes the the dubbing is distracting to me, it's like, 
it's very like overly acted. So I would prefer to watch a movie in like its original language. And so I'm kind of like used to subtitles and, you know, watching things and uh, in terms of like foreign cinema and stuff. And I, I do feel like sometimes it's it's like a US problem where we're just like so used to the rest of the world, like catering to like English speaking markets <laughs> yeah. that like we're not um, we're not accustomed to to using subtitles, but the reality is is that a lot of countries rely on subtitles to to consume our media because you know Hollywood is in America. That is right. such a good point, Pam. We do watch a lot of foreign TV shows and movies. Mark watches a ton of anime, and I hadn't quite made the connection that half the reason we're using subtitles is because these shows otherwise would be really bad dubs and. I think a bad dub is way more annoying than subtitles could ever be for anime, Mm -hmm. especially it's, Mm -hmm. it's especially distracting because they do kind of characterize their voices. So I would totally see what you're getting at there. It definitely makes sense. Yeah. I do find this to be a pretty recurring issue. I, and it's so funny to, to think like that. We actually experience this in theaters because they have huge speakers. The volume is typically up very loud. And yet we still run into the problem for the reasons that Pam has been describing. So I find this debate very interesting. And it sounds to me, and especially after reading through the rest of the article, the various reasons why this has become an issue, things need to just become simpler with sound design I think like action sequences, okay, but like when it's a straightforward conversation, it should never be difficult to hear. And yet it is. So I don't know what can happen. Can all the sound designers and editors in Hollywood and get together, sound crews in Hollywood get together and try to force something to happen? But I also doubt that. Yeah, it's so interesting because that is one of the points also that they brought up, which is that technology has advanced in terms of movie making. And that's really exciting. And it's really great. But it also comes at a cost, which is that people that aren't familiar with, you know, what it takes to make sure that sound is well done in a movie, assume that everything can be fixed in post, which it can't. I know Andrew knows this very well. Like there's only so much you can save an audio file if it's really shitty. Yeah. And this wasn't a problem in the 90s because everything was uh, cut to tape. And also like you only had the production process to make sure that you captured every single thing. Right. And so it's kind of funny how like simpler times and simpler technology, even though it took way longer actually ensured that sound was better than it is now when we have all of these extra tools for these people to play around with. Mm -hmm. Do we, um, I know that usually when we're talking about whether or not we're going to see a movie in theaters, it's always like, I'm going to go see a Marvel movie because like the visuals are going to be like so much better on a big screen, which, you know, I still prioritize myself as well. But does this conversation make us more inclined to maybe consider how a movie will sound better in the theater going forward? Or are we still kind of like on the fence about that because there are still issues with theater sound quality like Andrew was bringing up just a few minutes ago? It just makes me feel not alone. Like it when I first like registered this sort of complaint that I had, I uh, it made me think of when I've heard older people complaining that you know, millennials talk too fast. I can't understand what they're saying. And so I started having this internal freak out of like, oh my God, am I a geriatric millennial? Like I'm starting to lose the ability to process dialogue. Yeah. 
That that is like uh, something that I fear as well because I know I talk very fast <laughs> and I always Same. worry about you know uh, slowing it down and 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 then I always kind of feel a little guilty when I get carried away like on something like this show where audio is important. It's like oh no, I should have slowed down when I was making that point, but it's okay. I slow you down. Do you? I appreciate that. Hey everybody, I'm <laughs> Pamela. I like that sloth in the let sloth gift from what is it zootopia yeah Zootopia. yeah that's funny (laughs) i do have a couple tips for people who have apple tvs they've got two really 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 great features first of all there is a setting in apple tv called reduce loud sounds this is kind of another discussion but equally important this has been a problem for so long you'll be watching a movie at home and the action sequences are so loud compared to the dialogue. So you're watching a scene, they're just having a normal conversation, and then an action sequence starts, and suddenly you have to hit the volume down button 10 times because it just got yep. so loud. Apple TV has a setting to to smooth out the loudness throughout. This is so great. I have not had to deal with turning things down or back up after an action sequence, after turning the setting on. And they've had this for a few years. And another really great feature, and this is something like I think they should promote because I think this is a big selling point. You can actually ask Siri, what did they say? And Apple, so let's say you're playing something on Netflix or whatever. It works with everything. When you say that to Siri, what did they say? It'll pause what you're watching. It'll back up 10, 15 seconds, and it'll turn the subtitles on temporarily. So you get to see the shot again with subtitles on, and then the subtitles automatically turn off. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So if you have an Apple TV, ask Siri, what did they say when you have a problem? And also turn on that reduced loud sound setting. I'm going to need to try this. I, I know that this feature exists. But I've just never tried it. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like a lifesaver for sure. It really is. I love it. All right. Well, we'll be back to the show in a minute. But first, we have a word from our second sponsor of the week, Talkspace. We've shifted how we work and learn. And sometimes it feels like the world is changing faster than we can keep up with it. Some of my friends have told me about how their jobs are beginning to resume in-person working situations, and with the amount of uncertainty there still is out there, they're feeling kind of stressed about it. Talkspace Online Therapy can help you manage stress, process significant life changes, and more, so you can feel less overwhelmed and more in control. The people around us make a huge impact on our lives, and life's pressures can cause those relationships to change, for better or for worse. It always feels good to vent to your bestie, but sometimes we all need an objective, neutral party to really help us process why we're feeling what we're feeling. And it may be the season to be jolly, but sometimes it just doesn't feel that way. And that's okay. Ease some of the burdens the holidays can bring with Talkspace Online Therapy. Having easy access to a therapist through a few taps or clicks makes all the difference, and I love how matching with a therapist virtually helps take the pressure off making that initial introduction and make it overall feel less stressful. Talkspace is ready to help you start feeling better with a single message. Set goals with your Talkspace therapist and develop techniques to cope in difficult times. Talkspace offers individual therapy, couples therapy, and medication prescription services. If you need a little support to help you through the end of the year, 
or want to start building towards a better upcoming year, Talkspace is here to help. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code M-I-L-L. That's $100 off when you use code M-I-L-L at Talkspace.com. So what's next? So I wanted us to talk about the unusual weather system, the very unusual weather system that hit the central um, to some southern states in the United States this weekend. I'm sure all of us have seen it in the news, but for anyone who didn't, a devastating series of tornadoes tore across six states Friday night. They were Arkansas, Illinois, Kentucky, Mississippi, Missouri, and Tennessee, leaving at least 90 people dead and just a load of unspeakable damage. And if you're surprised, as I think a lot of people were, about severe tornadoes happening in December, you're not wrong. (laughs) Severe tornadoes in December are not unheard of, but they are incredibly rare. And I thought we could talk a little bit about the weather pattern that led to this because it is really interesting, but it's also really important to talk about this in the overall context of climate change. So the weather pattern that brought this on was some unusually warm and moist temperatures coming from the south, plus an eastward moving storm system. And I remember seeing a few different clips of weather people talking about how these two weather systems were effectively colliding to create the perfect storm. I I thought that it would be interesting to talk about this in the context of climate change, because I think that's been a question that's on a lot of people's minds right now. Like, is this climate change? Um, And I did a little bit of digging on this, and the answer is pretty nuanced as of right now. It turns out that scientists don't have a ton of data on tornadoes to allow them to be able to draw this link. Um, I actually found a quote from uh, PBS that said scientists are not yet able to determine whether there is a link between climate change and the frequency or strength of tornadoes, in part because they have a limited data record. However, the same researchers say that in recent years, tornadoes seem to be occurring in greater clusters, meaning more of them are touching down um, from the same storm systems than used to be previously. Additionally, data is also suggesting that Tornado Alley, which a lot of us would know as like Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, is shifting more easterly, which is why we're seeing more tornadoes in places like Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, West Virginia. Um, So it seems to suggest that as of right now, scientifically, we can say that we don't know if it's 100% because of climate change, but we know that climate change certainly doesn't help. Yeah. And I've heard it mentioned from time to time that we have to remember that no one particular weather event can be attributable to climate change. You can't look at one event and be like, oh, climate change is officially here. Right. And I think you can look at the at these things in terms of trends like these researchers are saying we can't link, you know, one severe tornado to climate change. But what we can say is tornadoes are trending towards um, 
it becoming more common for them to touch down in clusters from the same storm cell, right? And you can speak about shifts in weather patterns. Like I've lived, I've spent the majority of my life in Georgia. And even just anecdotally, I remember when I moved here, it was really cold in the winter, like really consistently. And over the last few years, we've been having warmer and warmer winters here. I mean, over the weekend, we got, you know, some of the offshoot of this storm system. It felt like spring. Yeah. And it's not even just the one day that matters. It's the fact that there's been multiple years of that kind of weather. Those are the trends that speak to climate change. And the rising temperatures. Like we can definitely see trends there. I think that's one of the things that concerns me most. Like you just look at a chart of the past few decades and the average temperatures everywhere in this country are rising or almost everywhere. Yeah. You had a really interesting point, Andrew, here. Do you want to bring it up? I was on the fence about bringing this up. So uh, if anybody hates it, uh, go easy on me. When thinking about things feeling like they're getting worse and worse, do we think that media coverage and or the ability to capture unexpected events quickly thanks to our phones has caused more awareness of the world around us. Because previously it was harder to capture and share like horrible weather events or police brutality or crime or any other number of things. But I just wonder in the context of these tornadoes, are things actually getting worse in a variety of different ways or or is everything just being captured better and i know we can point to data being like there have been more tornadoes the temperatures are rising i'm not denying climate change i just feel like one reason why it feels like uh certain things are more and more noticeable is because they're captured easier and better and distributed better now i think we're definitely more connected I feel like that's such a double-edged sword, only because I've I've also heard some people use that to their advantage when making arguments, like uh, climate change deniers, for example. It's like, oh, it's like, this is nothing new. It's always happened. It's just that we're not aware of it because the media hasn't been covering it until recently. It's all a scare tactic. So I want to say like, yes, but also maybe not. I Mm -hmm. think we kind of have to be careful sometimes when we talk about things like that. I agree. Yeah. No, I think I think that's right. But I also think to your point, Andrew, we are more connected than ever. So maybe it's not necessarily that, oh, you know, it just feels like things are getting worse because we have technology. But maybe what we can take away from that is that more you know, regular average Joe people are connected with the less than ideal happenings going on in the world. And then it makes it feel like the world's going to shit. Maybe it is. Maybe it's always been shit. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. (laughs) We just don't know. I just think it's a a thought worth considering from time to time. Yeah. One thing I did want to also mention about this tornado is that this one, one of them in the storm system crossed five states, a single tornado, five states. I think it was around 250 miles it traveled. It might be one of the longest stretching tornadoes in the history of this country, of the world. Um, So that's very terrifying because a lot of the time when you think of a tornado, you think of it going a few miles and then it petering out. 250 miles for a single tornado. It's moments like this where I think people who are climate change deniers really have to pause and be like, 
hold the fuck up. Right. It's not something that I would have even thought was possible. Yeah. Before this, um, the thought of a tornado traveling 200 miles it just seems like it shouldn't be possible. So, yeah. I mean, and there's lots of really harrowing stories you can hear about individuals who survived these god-awful storms and definitely encourage people to check that out if you're comfortable. Um, we did check in with some of our listeners who live in and around the affected areas. Alyssa said, I'm in western Kentucky. The tornadoes just barely missed us, but many areas around us are in ruins. It's absolutely horrific. Yeah, West West Kentucky just got mowed down by these storms. Um, Stacy said, lots of rain and very high winds overnight in Michigan. There are several new builds in my neighborhood with the plastic weatherproofing torn off and flapping in the wind. If my deck shovel hadn't been bungee corded to the deck, it for sure would have been a goner. Jessica said, 10,000 homes just south of me in the Miami Valley area of Ohio lost power, but I generally feel like we did okay. Otherwise, the wind is ferocious. Rachel said, spent a pretty good chunk of time last night in my basement because of tornadoes, but yes, we're okay. Some of the areas about 30 minutes away from us are not, though, and I'm supposed to drive three hours today, which I'm not super looking forward to in this wind. So I'm hoping that calms down before I have to go. For context, I live 30 to 40 minutes from the city where the Amazon building collapsed. Oh, wow. This was another big story. Did y'all yeah. see that about the Amazon building? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was really awful. And you would think an Amazon building is, you know, not a building that would collapse during a weather system like this, in part because a lot of these Amazon buildings are newer. Right. Well, and you would think that <laughs> they would have sent people home. Right. Because we it. So here's the thing about tornadoes. A lot of times you don't know they're coming because they form so quickly, but we knew that these weather patterns were going to collide at least a day or so ahead of time, and we knew that they had the potential to create these supercell-type storms, and it just seems like it's irresponsible to ask people to go into work when you know there's a potential for a tornado. Yeah. Agreed. And I think it was also overnight, right? So these poor people yeah. were working the night shift. Right. Ugh. And Stephanie added that a couple that they know from high school who live in Kentucky um, were actually driving when the tornadoes hit and their car got completely trashed by debris. And they ended up having to seek shelter at some stranger's house because um, they had their kids with them. And thankfully for them, the stranger that <laughs> They knocked on her door, allowed them to come in and sleep in her living room overnight. But it's just like the fact that, you know, you could be out driving at night and that something like this could happen is just terrifying. I've driven across this country many times and including over the summer months when uh, there's a higher chance for tornadoes or just horrific uh, storm systems. And there have been a couple times, Laura, I can't remember if you were with me for this. I, I don't think you were, 
But there was a time, I think it was on the imprint tour, where we were going through a really, really crazy storm. And I was driving. I was so fucking scared. And the other people in the vehicle were like, don't worry about it. You have nothing to worry about. I'm like, I'm the one driving. I'm the one that might accidentally crash into a truck. And of course, in a situation like that, you could pull over. But you also don't know if a tornado is going to suddenly pop up out of nowhere. And you can be under a bridge, I guess, to to help save you. But... None of that is guaranteed. Yeah, I don't think I was with you for that. <laughs> yeah, you would have remembered. My, yeah, my I freak out. Yeah. Also, I, you know, I would not um, take a serious storm lightly. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be laughing about it. I, I think I remember this story and I seem to recall the uh, other people in the car weren't worried at all and to me that just speaks of maybe someone who has never been in like a tornadic event or like ridden out a hurricane and they're trusting me everybody knows i'm a great driver you are a great driver (laughs) but oh thank you tell that to pat um (laughs) but laura you have not in this storm system that we're talking about but you've ridden out a tornado before right yeah yeah more than once um i I grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area in Texas, and in 2000, there was like a string of tornadoes, not all, you know, one event. They were all isolated events. Um, But more than once, we had to go hunker down in a closet in our house, and um, there wasn't enough room for our whole family to be in there. So me, my mom, and my brother would crowd in there. And my dad would take the dog and go lay down in the bathtub with couch cushions over him. And you just have to hope for the best at that point, um, because all you can hear is the sound of the storm outside. And the best comparison I can think of for it is it sounds like a freight train. So I just remember like huddling in that closet and hearing the sound outside. I remember... Um, cause my dad always watched the weather radar. And I remember this one time I was watching TV or something and he came out and he was like, y'all got to get in the closet now because he was watching the radar and he saw a storm. he saw a tornado touch down on the radar. And as soon as we got in the closet, the alarm started going off. And for anyone who's ever heard them, they're <laughs> extremely loud. And I, I don't think I ever got over like how scary it can be to hear something like that outside your home. Yeah. So I just cannot imagine what it would be like to be in the path of several storms like this that move that quickly across that much territory. It's just um, it's very harrowing for sure. Pam, the only thing that you have to worry about really is earthquakes and mudslides, right? And wildfires. And oh, wildfires. That's a really yeah. big one. I feel like I'm pretty safe out here. Like, okay, there's the heat so? for a couple months a year, but there's no earthquakes. There's no wildfires. Mm. And uh, okay, there's some rain and stuff, but I definitely don't have to worry about tornadoes and hurricanes. So, do you know, like, ever since the first big wildfire, the one thing that I always do is make sure that my tank is full. Like, I will not let it get past half a tank because. So often during natural disasters, you see these gridlocks of traffic and then you start to think like, what if I run out of gas, you know, halfway into this? 
So uh, that's just like a little something that you can do if you're like nervous and you live somewhere near a natural disaster. Uh, The first time we had like the big wildfire out here, my brother and I were both at home and we both had like a quarter tank and the line to fill up was just absolutely insane. And ever since then, we just like make sure that our tanks are full. How about like a backup tank? You know, you can buy those external... Yeah, I guess we could do that as well. But um, I don't know, like, I don't, well, I have to look into it. I just don't know how you store that. I would be like a little bit nervous about storing a an yeah. extra tank of gasoline in like my garage or something. That's fair, fair enough. That would make me nervous too. Andrew, I imagine you have to worry about droughts, right? Well, droughts, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I that's like a, that's a slow moving issue where like, it's not going to come out of nowhere, you know, and we spoke about the issues in the West in terms of the water a few months ago. But, I, you know, it's not like suddenly we're going to turn the, the faucet on one day and it's going to be out of water. Are we concerned about droughts and the effect it's going to have on the Southwest? Absolutely. But it's not something like a tornado or a wildfire where it's just going to come out of nowhere. I just got a visual of you, Andrew, like turning on your faucet and just hearing this like <sighs> come out of it and just dust comes out. And Andrew's like, oh, no, I'm We're booking it out the second. No, no, no. The second I turn on the faucet and no water comes out, I am booking it out of here. Where are you going to move? Your dreams of being in a desert are going to be squashed. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, by that time, like half of the country will be a desert. So I can just pick another place that's maybe closer to the (laughs) East Coast. I like the gas idea too, Pam, because that's great for like when the zombies take over. Yeah. I mean, I feel like at least with a full tank of gas, Traffic aside, I would at least be able to get like 300 miles away from wherever I am. So that's right, right. 300 Gotta... miles away from the zombies. What are you going to yeah. do like in your Tesla? Like, have you ever thought about that? I'm going like, to throw a solar panel on top of oh, it. Okay, that's, that's actually a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good question. I don't know. That really hasn't been a problem for Tesla yet or any of these other EVs. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a valid, valid question. I mean, if you have solar in your home, you can charge your car that way. That's I don't have solar true. in my home. That's true. I'll buy a little like solar panel. You can buy like little solar panels you can plug into your phone, I think. I'm to just charge. imagining you and Pat in your Tesla fleeing like the zombie apocalypse of Las Vegas and Pat's holding up. <laughs> the solar Come on, Cloud, you drive yourselves away. <laughs> uh, I just love no, how uh, Andrew's totally fatalist about this. He's like, yeah, I know this entire side of the country is going to become a desert. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. He's living in his dream terrain while he can, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that we're triggering some of our Australian listeners in the Discord talking about droughts and floods oh, because no. those It'll be okay. and wildfires and they've had yeah. oh, a lot yeah. of what, extreme a lot, Australia did get hit really bad yeah. with the wildfires. Yeah. We'll all be okay. I won't be taking the Tesla. Pat's got a car with gas. We'll take that to head out of town. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I thought that we would just talk about a couple of resources for anyone who's interested in learning more. Um, if you want to best, best be prepared for natural disasters in your area, not just tornadoes, um, but earthquakes, hurricanes, all that jazz, you can head to ready.gov and it has a ton of resources about what you can do to be 
um, best prepared for any kind of disaster in your community. Um, And if you're interested in helping with relief efforts for victims of this most recent group of storms, you can check to see if your local FEMA office is collecting donations. Um, Also, a number of counties across my state, as well as a lot of others in the South are hosting drop-off locations for non-perishables, bottled water, paper products, blankets, diapers, formula, um, all the things that people need. Um, and there are also a ton of organizations accepting financial donations, but we always recommend checking charitynavigator.org to check the transparency and effectiveness of an organization before you give. Great. All right, y'all, we'll be moving on with the show in a moment here, but we do have a word from our final sponsor of the week, Third Love. The holidays can be hectic and stressful if you're out shopping, putting up decorations, or traveling. And who wants to be uncomfortable during all of that? With Third Love, comfort is always a given. If you're wanting to give the gift of comfort this holiday season, why not an ultra soft loungewear set for your bestie? Or even better yet, what about treating yourself to some new ultra comfy essentials? It's been a long year and you deserve it. I've been wearing Third Love's Flex Seamless Sports Bras lately, and I love these things. They're so soft, supportive, and stretchy, and perfect for continuing to work from home. Not sure what size you are? Look no further than the Fitting Room Quiz. The Fitting Room Quiz is like a personal shopper, but better. It focuses on size, breast shape, current fit issues, and your personal style to find bras and underwear that are perfect for you. The Fitting Room has helped 18 million people find their true bra size. Fun fact. Feeling is believing. Upgrade to everyday pieces that love your body as much as you do. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash millennial. That's 20% off at thirdlove.com slash millennial. Poe, who's listening live on our Patreon right now, said a great episode would be to discuss everyone's disaster survivor plans from massive earthquake to like zombie apocalypse. I love that idea. Me too. That would be fun and a little terrifying. We can bring on like a disaster preparedness expert or something. Yeah, yeah. We, I we think could. That'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. So we are at the end of the year here. And last week we mentioned uh, Spotify wrapped. And now the year in search 2021 has been presented by Google. And these are always really interesting, seeing what everybody was searching for most over the past year. And you can drill down by uh, country or just look at the global trends. Today we're going to look at the trends in the United States. There were a few interesting categories I wanted to talk about. So first of all, let's start with the news topics that people were searching for most. And the top five, actually the top 10 really, have an interesting trend. The top search was for Mega Millions. That's the lottery. Number two, AMC stock. Number three, stimulus check. Number four, Georgia Senate race, Laura. Number five, GME, which is GameStop stock. Number six was Dogecoin. Seven, Hurricane Ida. Eight, Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. Nine, Afghanistan 10 Ethereum price. That's a crypto. Most of these are money-related searches. Everybody was looking to make a quick buck in 2021, whether it's with the lottery or with AMC or with Dogecoin or GameStop or a stimulus check. That's a sad reflection of the state of our country, not because we're greedy, but because everybody needs some money. I know. I bought Dogecoin. Y'all know this. Earlier this year, I one day was like, ugh. 
I'm just going to put $100 into Dogecoin like, and just see what happens. And it's not doing very well right now. <laughs> Are you up even a little? I, I'm up still pretty decently, but Doge has dropped from, I think it was sitting around 27, 28 cents a share. And last time I checked it, it had dropped to 15 cents a share. Oh, no. um, I bought it at two cents a share. So like I'm still doing well, wow. but I, I was doing better right. before, you know, so I've just been watching it because I think it's fun. And also I didn't put that much into it. So it's not like I'm going to become a Do- Dogecoin millionaire anytime soon. But if I do, you might, you might. Yeah. if I do, I'll let y- I'll let y'all know. I'll become a full time podcaster and, and give me it. half of your <laughs> Dogecoin millionaire earnings. No? Half? Okay. Half, 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 half. I don't think that's too greedy. Half. I, I mean, I'm going to lose half of them in taxes. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. <laughs> give me like five bucks in Dogecoin. I mean, I would give you five bucks. Okay. <laughs> Next category here, and feel free to jump in at any point when anybody hears anything interesting here. So how to be. What were people searching how to be in 2021? How to be eligible for stimulus check. There's money again. How to be more attractive. That's, That's really kind of sad. sad. Yeah. Here's a really, here's another sad one. How to be happy alone. Oh, man. Number four is funny. How to be a baddie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's but two what? opposite ends of the spectrum, too. Was this a TikTok trend? You two are going to have to clue me in on occasion when I'm reading some of these. How to be a baddie? Why would people be searching for that? A baddie baddie is like new slang. Well, it's not new slang, but it's really popped off in the last year. So maybe like people are just wondering like how what is like a baddie mean? How do you how do you be a baddie? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm vaccinated now. It's time to be a baddie. This might be something Chloe can help us with. Maybe. Chloe, let us know. Yeah. Number five in this category was how to be a good boyfriend. Isn't that sweet? That's sweet. I hope people actually got some good tips. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about that. Like, if I'm ever trying to think about how do I be a better romantic partner, I'm I'm usually kind of wary of the advice I might find online. Like, you probably get, like, it's probably one of those info.com articles that's like 10 tips you can use to be a good boyfriend. With pictures. They always say with pictures at the end. (laughs) Oh, there is a wiki how article, how to be a good boyfriend, expressing and sharing feelings. Okay. (laughs) Trust them. This is like how to human 101. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Contribute equally the conversations. Be a good listener. Learn to compromise. And there's a photo of two people looking at a pizza. (laughs) Be supportive. I mean, like some people just they they just never learned. We're never taught. Maybe they were kind of isolated growing up, so they didn't understand how to be a, a better person. So they turned to Google. I, At least they're yeah. trying, right? Uh, I have an update on Batty. Uh, Poe looked it up in Urban Dictionary. And according to that definition, a Batty is a female who can hold her own and take care of herself. She's very pretty and independent. Ooh, love it. Get it. I think Laura and Pam are Googling how to be a Batty right now. Oh, they already know. So exactly. I, I feel like being a baddie shouldn't be restricted to a specific gender. I feel like no. Shouldn't it be inclusive? You could be a baddie, Andrew. Well, I didn't Google it because I already knew. I wrote the article on how to be a baddie. <laughs> Next category, how to style. How to style straight leg jeans. 
some of these must be TikTok trends. How to style a wolf haircut. And okay. I Googled this one because I haven't heard of that, that before. No. Do you it's like two it? cap layer, a two cap layer. So like if you cut like half of your hair is like one length and then the other half is another. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. It looks like Billie Eilish did this at one point. I feel like I saw Miley do this at one point. This is also like a, a TikTok trend though, because it's really easy to cut that yourself if you're brave enough. Okay. So that makes sense. Okay. Not brave enough. How to style a corset, how to style rings, and how to style a sweater vest. Honestly, I used to rock a sweater vest, so I might be Googling this one after the show if sweater vests are coming back. I'm surprised that no, that it wasn't how to style bangs because I feel like everybody was getting curtain bangs in 2020, oh, 2021. Yeah. So. Curtain bangs the are the 10. big thing. Yeah. All right, next category, how to pronounce. This one, I tried to Google to understand why it's there. Well, first of all, was how to pronounce Dogecoin. That I understand. Number two, <laughs> how to pronounce Michael Jackson. What? What? I Googled it to find out, like, why were people searching for this? I didn't see an answer. How to pronounce Michael Jackson. So strange. The remaining ones make sense. How to pronounce quinoa. How to pronounce Kamala. How to pronounce Elon Musk's son's name. <laughs> That's that fair. Is I, valid. I still don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody does. How to pronounce Michael Jackson. Discord, if you can help us understand why people are searching for that. Was it a troll thing? Did Reddit do this? I So weird. Okay, next category is either or. So like this or that. Effect or effects. So E-F-F or A-F-F. That one makes sense. I kind of trip on up on that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Barbie, Bratz, or Fairy. I know those are toys, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Here's one we can all relate to. Allergies or COVID. Oh, oh man. That I, is relatable. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I definitely Googled that. Not so much in 2021. Definitely in 2020. <laughs> this one was a hot trend this year. Bones or no bones. Did you two follow this? We never spoke about it on yeah. the show. Mm-hmm. Pam, can you tell people what this is? Because I still don't really know. It's just a guy with his very old pug. And every day, it's very wholesome. Every day he goes to see his pug. And he tries to lift him up off the bed. And if he stands, then the pug has bones. And if he flops, then he has no bones. And that's supposed to correlate to whether it's going to be a good day or a bad day. That is so sweet. Very scientific. Yeah. People talk about it being like, today's a no bones day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or they'll I be like, it. the pug has bones, so it's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be fine. <laughs> we have the strength to stand today. Uh, final one in this category, bougie or bougie, meaning uh, B-O-U-G-I-E or B-O-U-J-E-E. And I don't. I hadn't heard of the latter before. Like which spelling is correct? I guess so. Oh. I've always either known it was that, the former. Yeah, either that or the latter is something new and entirely different. And as elder millennials at best, we have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> at best. It looks like people are just searching for um the spellings. Because okay. they do look similar in definition. Chloe is confirming that they're the same. <laughs> okay. Thank okay. you, Chloe. I feel better. The near me category. What were people searching for near them? COVID vaccine near me. Makes sense. COVID testing near me. Also makes sense. Then people are like, fuck it. COVID's over. Movies near me. 
bars near me, bowling near me. I love that bowling made the top five. That's great. Maybe bowling's bowling having a fun. comeback. Yeah, it is fun. Have you two bowled over the past two years? No. No. Mm-mm. You don't want to touch the same balls that other people are touching and being close to people? There's not a no. bowling alley near me. Oh. We went once. Didn't get Just COVID. Just once? <laughs> well, it, well, in the past year, I mean. Oh, okay. Bowling is fun. Yeah. Yeah, I be. like it. Are you guys actually good at bowling? I wouldn't On call accident. myself good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how I would describe myself. Accidentally to me, okay. I, I feel like it's a social event more than anything. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea how they keep score. Like, don't ask me that. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. That out. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel that. All right. Final one I wanted to bring up memes. Bernie Sanders mittens. <laughs> That's Remember good. that from earlier this <laughs> yeah. year? Oh, yeah. I was shocked that I that was 2021. That was this year. Yeah. Exactly. We're going to do a bit of a year in review next week and we'll recap some of the things that actually happened this year, believe it or not. Yeah. Number two, hamster. I hadn't seen that meme. Have you guys? Hamster? I don't think so. Oh, I think it's this one where he's like, the hamster almost look, looks like it's shaking. It's kind of like a blurry oh, the photo. the terrified and, one? Oh, yeah. Oh, where he's screaming? Yeah. <laughs> that must oh, yeah. be the one. I know the one. <laughs> Twisted tea. Like the beverage? Yeah, I guess. I'm Googling the meme to try and figure it out, but I'm seeing a ton of different twisted tea memes. Okay, we'll move on from that. (laughs) Again, we're elder millennials. (laughs) Squid Game. Of course, that was a huge show on Netflix. Netflix. And then Sheesh. Okay. Do you know that one? Mm -hmm. It's just like like an expletive. Oh. Right? Wow. So like if you're reacting to something, you would say sheesh. Boy. Okay. Yep. I'm out of touch. That's what I'm learning right now. So that was it. If you go to trends.google.com, you can see the year in search and you can drill down by different countries. I'm always fascinated to see what people are primarily searching for. And by the way, next week is our final episode of the year and we're going to be doing our annual gift exchange and our social media manager, Chloe, will be joining us for the first time. She's so much fun. So I think everybody's going to really enjoy meeting her and uh, she's got a good story or two to share with us, I think. And we'll also be making some predictions about the year ahead. Right, Laura? Yep. I've already started making my list. Oh, boy. And checking it twice. Yeah, that's that'll be fun. And maybe we should get listeners to suggest uh, make predictions themselves. And I also had this idea earlier today. What if we offered listeners the chance to like have a New Year's resolution or something similar read on air by us? Like, do you want to commit to something for the year ahead and we'll help you commit to it by reading it on air? You know what I mean? That's cute. I like that. I like it. And then like once um once a month. We can just like call somebody out. Be like, yeah. be like, give hey. us an update on your plan to learn French. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Michelle, right. did you do that thing yet? Yeah. <laughs> Michelle in the Discord is like, we're no. just going to like lose listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be fun. Okay, we'll do that. So look forward to next week's episode. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. And I guess we'll have a, we'll have a drink or two, too. It's always good to unwind a little more on the final episode of the year. What is coming up in After Dark on Patreon this week? Um, So I had a near-death experience in the last week that I'm going to tell you all about. Um, and I'm going to be dramatic about it because obviously I'm being dramatic about it. But oh I want to hear about y'all's near-death experiences. And we're going to use this to jump into a discussion about what 
would happen theoretically to our social media accounts in the effect or in the event of our untimely deaths and what we want to happen to our social media accounts when that happens. Yeah, because some of these platforms and devices have features to allow you to set what should happen to your data if you die. Um, and there's a couple of different ways that they handle it. So that'll be fun to talk about. Patreon.com. Yes, I did say it'll be fun to talk about, even though we're talking about death. That'll be available at patreon.com slash millennial. Thanks, everybody who supports us. And don't forget, if you are a Bay Level patron, fill out that order form for the water bottle. You have until December 31st of this year to fill it out. And then we'll get your bottle to you in January. All right. Time for recommendations. What's yours, Laura? What? I'm just laughing at Chloe's oh. message here on our Slack. It says, in the event of your deaths, I will be taking over all of your social media channels. I support this. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Um, my recommendation, it's a pre-recommendation because I'm pretty sure it's going to be really good. Spider-Man No Way Home, seeing it uh, this Thursday and super looking forward to it. Um, I feel like there's going to be uh, a lot of questions answered and probably questions posed about the multiverse and i'm very excited i've got my tickets for friday when are you seeing it pam probably uh well actually i'm not sure if i'm gonna go thursday very late thursday night or early friday morning so okay i'll keep you guys posted sure we'll talk about it a little bit on next week's episode um, I want to recommend Paper Mario. It's now playable on the Nintendo 64 Virtual Console, which is on Nintendo Switch. You do have to pay a little extra to get access to the N64 games on Nintendo Switch. They are releasing some Nintendo 64 games slowly but surely on Nintendo Switch Online. But Paper Mario, this was the original Paper Mario. There's been a few in the series now. This one is so good. I played it as a kid. Um, But I don't know if I ever actually completed it because it was a really long time ago and I had a hard time completing video games back in the day. But now I am I am I'm committing right here and now to complete Paper Mario. This is such a great Mario game. Um, So if you have a Nintendo Switch, if you've been thinking about getting the N64 virtual console, definitely check out Paper Mario. You pay one monthly or yearly price to gain access to the N64 virtual console, NES, SNES, um, and you get all the games that they have on offer. Banjo-Kazooie coming next month. I can't wait. And I wanted to recommend Snag Tights if anybody is looking to up their winter wardrobe game and needs a pair of tights. I really like this website and this brand because they're very size inclusive. So they go from a size 2 to a 34, which is very unheard of in the US um, and actually probably like around the world. And they also like have this really handy dandy um, sizing chart that lets you correlate like not just by the pant size you would wear, but also by your height. Because if you're a tight wearer like me, you will know that even if like your weight is lift is listed, which often doesn't happen if you go by tights at like say a Target, for example, uh, it's not always long enough or short enough for your actual like height stature as well. They have lots of different patterns and different colors and different styles. Um, so check them out if you need a pair of tights or two pairs of tights. Love it. Sounds good. If anyone has any feedback about today's episode, you can email millennialshow at gmail.com or use the contact form or anonymous confessional on millennialshow.com. Stay tuned to our social media channels. We'll post some calls for you to submit your 2022 commitments 
and follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Chloe's doing a great job with her social media channels, and uh, we're looking forward to having her on next week. And finally, thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate your support. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye, everyone. Bye.